Welcome to Faith Fondue, a new podcast featuring me, author and speaker Haley DiMaria, and teacher and blogger Ann Strickers. Faith Fondue will feature a melting pot of topics, ignited by a flame, our faith, and guided by the Holy Spirit. Each week will feature a theme, and the theme for this week's episode is humor. Good morning, Anne. How are you? Hi, Haley. Good morning. This is the week of January 31st, 2021. It is the fourth Sunday in Ordinary Time. And as you know, Haley, this is one of my favorite topics. Excited to talk to you a little bit about humor, humor in our lives and even in the spiritual life. So what's hot this week in terms of humor, Haley? So what's cooking? Yeah. So, you know, it's funny. I've I've got a couple stories that come to mind about humor. Um, We talked about it briefly before we started. You know, my my husband doesn't find me very funny at times. and I love one, I love, well, he finds me very entertaining. But one of the things um, that comes to mind was, of course, you know, I was the commencement speaker at Notre Dame in 2012. And when I first got the invite, um, the first thing he said to me was, oh my gosh, you are in trouble. I said, why? He said, because graduation speakers have to be funny. And um, so, right. And so, you know, of course, of course, we have a lot of laughter in our marriage, you know, Jamie, and um, there's a lot of entertainment and humor there, but um, <laughs> enough for three, but I have to um, sometimes I have to work on my sense of humor. Um, but, you know, there was a lot of laughs for me this week. Um, I, I did not get a lot of sleep, um, but it came. Um, that's the price of spending time with friends and laughing sometimes. And, you know, uh, one night this past week, I did a virtual wine tasting, um, which was very fun. I've done a couple of them. I think many of us have over quarantine and, and through this pandemic. Yeah. But yeah. Yes. And um, it came about because one of my um, one of my former students, so I used to teach high school uh, years ago, late 90s, when I first graduated from Notre Dame. And of course, I was just out of school. So I was, you know, 23, 24 years old. And she was 16, 17, you know, 18 at that point. So she's, you know, in her early 40s at this point. Um, so a big age gap back then, not such a big age gap now. And she uh, is a rep for selling what they call clean crafted wines. So no sugar, no additives. Um, This is not an advertisement for them, but I I can tell you they they make you they don't leave you um, groggy the next morning. So I personally enjoy them and love them and want to share them with some of my friends. So um, we just kind of chuckled because here I was doing a virtual you know wine tasting with one of my former students, um, which you know as a high school teacher. is is something that you know would just made us, made us laugh yeah, yeah for sure um probably made her laugh more than me i could see her kind of chuckling the whole time online you know thinking oh my gosh i am drinking wine online with miss scott um yeah. but it was really fun and you know these same these same 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 moms that i was with um you were know, all getting ready to send our our oldest back to college um so we needed those laughs because you know can be a hard time for moms, but we also needed the wine because that helps us get through it too. Um, and the same, you know, the next night we had dinner with friends who um, have two boys and who are best friends with my two boys. And again, they're getting ready to leave for school. One of them left today. My son leaves tomorrow. And, um, you know, this is something we haven't really done over the last 10, 11 months at this point is just get together and have dinner with friends. And, uh, you know, they have a house where we could all, you know, be pretty far apart, but we sat at their their table and just we ate and we had a couple glasses of wine and then we played card games and 
just laughed and laughed and laughed until we realized it was 2.15 in the morning and we probably needed to get home. Um, that but, is most parietal. Really. That, that is that's past parietal. <laughs> yeah. For our listeners, that's the uh, magic hour by which men must leave women's dorms and vice versa at Notre Dame on the weekends. During the week, it was midnight. So Haley had a parietals violation. We did. We, we broke parietals, but you know, we needed it. It was, um, laughter is, is so healing and, um, you know, it makes being tired the next day worth it. And, um, sure. it's just, uh, you know, there's the laughter. It's such a great topic because we, we have to laugh, you know, it's, um, it's essential. So my week was filled with laughter, um, and, uh, not a lot of sleep, but again, uh, laughter makes it worth it. How about you, Anne? How, how was your January? Yes. Well, you know, Haley, I wanted to talk about humor today because January, today's the 31st, and I, I, I do feel like we've turned a page. If I can get through January for whatever reason, it's always a very long month for me. The Granted, the days are getting longer. I honestly count every additional minute I get, but you know, just that post-holiday blues kinds of kind of sets in especially when we were students at Notre Dame, those were some of the coldest days. So, you know, January's behind us, but you know, you have to live in January. You can't just wish it away. And so a couple of years ago, I just made a commitment to watch a comedy during the month of January. And kind of the backstory on this is sometimes with movies, I like to take a theme, I'll follow a certain theme. And I had watched In America, which is a movie about an Irish immigrant family that comes to the U.S., and then I, I decided to kind of follow an Irish theme. So then I watched The Boxer, which is with Daniel Day-Lewis, who I love. And then I watched In the Name of the Father, which is about the hunger strike. And it was so intense and it was too much, like to the point where I was like, really uncomfortable. And I did finish watching it, but I thought this is too much for me right now in January. And, and maybe that's not a bad thing to be stretched. But no, but not very people, humorous. Yeah. No, exactly. No, there. Yeah. I don't, I mean, I'd have to revisit to see if there's, there's gotta be something because they're Irish, but I don't know if there's anything that's funny. So I did a 180 and I watched Eternal Sunshine of the Spotless Mind, which is a great comedy. And I, I will say a phrase that we overuse now, thanks to text land. LOL. Like, I am not joking. I laughed out loud so hard so many times. I would watch it on my bed and I like hit the wall because I was like laughing so hard. And it was such a healing, like you use that word, like such a great feeling for January. And I talked to other people about it, you know, and shared the laughs. So from there, I just made this commitment to watching, again, something humorous every January. So a um, friend of uh, mine, Peggy Ward, and uh, my boss, Michael, have both recommended this program on Apple TV, Ted Lasso. And I knew Jason Sudeikis from Saturday Night Live. Haley, I laughed so hard. I, I mean, multiple episodes, like to the point where one day my roommate was like, are you okay? <laughs> and um, Ted is this undeniably optimistic coach. He's an American football coach. And I'll just try to capture real quick, like the opening like episode shows him he's this football coach, American football coach, and he wins a championship with the Wichita State Shockers. And he's with his players in the locker room wearing a visor and he leads them and he's it, doing the running man. And Scott Van Pelt is like introducing him. Oh my gosh, the scene, what he pulls off. And then he's hired to coach this 
Premier League team that's on the verge of relegation um, by, you know, by this woman who's, she's, you know, jilted. Her husband left her and she's now in charge of the, you know, football, soccer team. And the only thing her ex-husband cares about is this football team. So she's content on running it into the ground. And so she hires Ted. Well, Ted ends up being, again, this like unbelievably optimistic and um, just, you know, because he's naive in a way, he doesn't know anything about soccer. He could not be any more like hilarious. So thank you, Ted. Thank you, January. You met. You, um, I'm sad that I, I'm done with the series. There will be more, but I'm excited for you, Haley, and your family who will be watching it and anyone else who will hopefully encounter Ted Lasso. Yeah, so first of all, Anne, I love the idea of watching comedies in January. I mean, that's brilliant. Um, I'm amazed I haven't heard that before because we need to get that out there. We need to, we need to, you know, market like a comedy January or something because yeah. <clears throat> I think January is a hard month for most people. Um, you know, and, you know, even for me, I know, you know, just looping back to last week real quick, you know, the anniversary I talked about that month leading up to the anniversary, those weeks and those days are the most challenging times. So, I, I mean, I will be watching comedies all next January um, to just help that. So I, first of all, I love that idea. We need to make sure that we get that out to more people who I, I think everybody kind of have those, those January blues. Um, and, and I, um, you know, and, and I, I laughed, um, you know, along the theme when I got your note um, about Ted Lasso earlier this week, because other people have brought that up and recommended to me and say, I can't believe you haven't seen this. And um, I'm not sure why I hadn't seen it. And of course, in true fashion, when I went to my kids and asked them if they had heard of Ted Lasso, they, oh yeah, oh yeah, oh yeah, mom, it's this blah, blah. You know, they, they of course had all heard of it and I hadn't. Um, so I said, okay, we, we're going to do this. We're looking for a family show to watch. Um, you know, there's not it's to find a show that meets my sense of humor, my husband's sense of humor, my kid's sense of humor takes a special kind of show. Yeah. Um, so we we got our Apple TV subscription so that we could watch Ted Lasso and, um, you know, started watching it and we'll um, continue to watch it pretty quickly, I'm sure, um, because everybody is ready to binge it because it is so funny. Um, and I, I personally love the opt. I mean, I, I find humor in the optimism that he has. Um, and I know it's not meant to be funny, but um, I try to live yeah. my life that way where you kind of always see the good and all the grumpiness that is surrounds him. Um, but I love, you know, from a sports aspect, seeing kind of how he psychologically deals with each of his yep. players. And it, it's really, the writing is, is pretty yeah. brilliant. Um, and even just the American versus British humor and yeah. language, um, you know, there's so much you can do with that. And, you know, to put your boots in the boot. Um, I mean, just just <laughs> yeah. so much of it yeah. made me laugh. So thank now, you. For the only sad thing about this, Haley, is um, people like Brene Brown. I People are all over. Her. They follow her and they love her. She was preparing to interview Ted Lasso, Jason Sudeikis, and his assistant coach, Beard. And she was getting all worked up. And her husband like looked at her square in the eye and like took her, you know, hands on her shoulder. And he said, Brene, they're not real. And it's like, I love that story because it is my only regret. I want Ted to be real. I, I feel like 
he is real. <laughs> and um, you have to know, listeners, he's not a real person. I'm not giving anything away, but if he were, it would only make it that much better. So yeah, maybe we have an in search of the real Ted Lasso. Well, or maybe we need to all be a little Ted Lasso yeah. in our own lives. Yeah. <laughs> So it was interesting this week, yeah, when we were, um, you know, looking, through, you know, talking about the gospel, looking at our spiritual stew, and, you know, I started thinking, you know, is looking at our theme of humor this week, you know, is there anything funny in the Bible? And um, yes, there are things I'm sure that we, especially as women, um, find funny in the Bible, but is it wrong to find humor in certain biblical readings? And, you know, th those were actually the first two questions that came to mind when I was thinking about humor in the gospel. And, um, you know, sometimes I happen to find the language funny, um, that, you know, just the language that's used in the Bible, whether or not that's appropriate. Um, but when I was looking at the, you know, just the readings ahead, and then actually we heard it today, this Sunday, you know, words, phrases like unclean spirits, um, things like that always make me laugh. And I know I had mentioned in an earlier podcast, um, you know, the word jackass being used, um, because of course, it's just an animal. Um, but, you know, when you have two boys, that's kind of a funny word to hear in church. Um, so, you know, it's, is there anything funny in the Bible? It's, it's, it can all be interpreted, but I know you, you, you had a comment about that. That yeah. was great. Well, you know, um, in his book, um, by Jim, in the book by Jim Martin. So between heaven and mirth, why joy, humor, and laughter are at the heart of the spiritual life. He answers the questions you're asking Haley. And I think they're good questions because we have evidence that Jesus wept. We have, you know, evidence that he was tempted and we know he experienced every part of the human right experience. So he had to have laughed. We don't have the, it's not really mentioned. Um, and I'll say more about that in a little bit, but you know, your response to unclean spirits, Martin contends a lot of, you know, why we might not find something funny is because of context or culture or, you know, the era in which you lived. And in Judaism, there is this emphasis on cleanliness. I mean, it's really what separated Jews from Gentiles. And so something like, you know, circumcision is a matter of cleanliness, right? And, you know, there's lots of jokes about that, so to speak, that would be probably off, you know, color or humor. But again, the cl a clean spirit, like that's why food is kept kosher because you had to keep clean. And right. so all these rules of Leviticus speak to that. So yeah, from our point of view, oh, an unclean spirit needs a little tide. Well, no, within the, you know, point of view at that time, it would really be a way to understand um, and mark, you know, this kind of, um, you know, way of thinking about someone or something. So that's, that's, that's great. That actually, I, that's a great explanation. Um, you know, and it goes back to, should I be finding anything funny, you know, in the Bible? But I, what I hear when you're saying that to me, you know, it makes me think of my husband who um, does not have a very strong sort of knowledge of the Bible um, at all. In fact, we keep telling him he needs to take a Bible study because there's kind mm. of some very basics that he is not aware hmm. of um, yeah. to the point where actually we kind of laugh sometimes that he, <laughs> you know, doesn't have these very basic, um, you know, this very basic knowledge. Um, like virgin birth or? <laughs> well, like, um, you know, uh, he, we were doing a reading during Advent and he got the Bible and he made a comment about how long the New Test, the Old Testament was and how short the New Testament was. And 
he said he thought that the Old Testament would have, you know, was only the first five books and then the rest of the book was, uh -huh. it's just kind of things yeah. that you don't, yep. not even really sure you're ever taught. Um, yep. So for Christmas, we gave him, and I don't know if you have ever seen this, you know, we are such Lego people in our house. Um, for Christmas, he received um, the Bible told in Lego. Um, yes. And, you know, it's it's a little off humor at times, the, the, sure. the way the the Lego figures sort of tell the story of the Bible. Um, and we actually just asked him last week, have you been doing your Bible study? Because we told him you have to read the Bible. And we figured the only way he would do it is through Lego. Um, huh. But what I'm hearing you say is really, you know, even speaks to me. I kind of give him a hard time about not knowing kind of the foundations of um, of the Bible. But I I didn't know that. Um, you know, I knew, I knew that there was a emphasis on cleanliness, but that never translated to me to the unclean spirits that I'm laughing at. Yeah. Um, but clearly I need to do a little more research and educate myself as well. <laughs> well, I heard something this week and I, I should have saved the quote. It was basically like one of the keys to happiness in life is to always be learning. So, you know, at some point I learned that I, I've taught scripture and I, initially I resisted teaching scripture. Scripture was the class I taught for sophomores. Now, I'm not a scripture scholar. I wasn't a theology major. I was American studies and found that a number of my classes overlapped with theology, but you know, um, you learn by teaching, but learn by reading and, you know, just even our, for our listeners, they're obviously learning as we listen and share information and just the questions that you're asking. So I, I think those are, you know, important points of consideration um, for just understanding, you know, a time and a place. And I think of one passage of scripture that I do know is funny. It's in, it's in John when Jesus calls the disciples, one of the disciples, um, Philip, he like finds Nathaniel and, and he says, you know, we found one who Moses wrote in the law and also the prophets, Jesus, son of Joseph from Nazareth. But Nathaniel said to him, can anything good come from Nazareth? And Philip says to him, come and see. So that's a dig. That's a real dig on Nazareth. I mean, it's like this backwater town and I won't call out any towns, but every part of the country has, you know, some little town where you'd be like, can anything good come from there? And that's, yes. that's pretty funny, you yeah. know, like if you pay attention to it. So context, time and place, you know, um, add to the humor of that. I don't know that I'd laugh out loud, you know, when I hear that in the Sunday gospel, but you know, when I think about it, I'm like, that's a dig. Yeah, okay. no, and yeah. it's pretty clever. And, uh, and who knew that whenever, you know, if you hear kind of a dig on, on local towns, you're right in any part of the country, uh, who knew that that had a biblical reference to it? <laughs> But you know, and meanwhile, people are saying, "Can anything good come from San Francisco?" And and there are many days where I would be like, "Yeah, word. Let me tell you about it. I don't know." <laughs> There's a lot of good things that come from yes. San Francisco, um, but you know, you mentioned time and a place, and um, you know, when you, when we think about humor, um, you know, we both attend, you know, our virtual, our little virtual parish, and um, the the priest day, Father Tom, um, who I know is a good friend of yours, his homily was was anything but funny today. It was um, it mentioned um, a recent story that happened um, with with a really tragic event where a, a pediatrician was murdered, and um, 
you know, we we talked about tragedy even last week, and it's it's kind of a common theme, at least in my life, as as a defining event that was tragic. And you know, you often hear the saying, "If I don't laugh, I'd cry." And um, it it made me think about, you know, at what point is it acceptable to find humor in tragedy? And um, you know, certainly listening to Father Tom's homily today, um, I don't I don't think we would you could ever find anything yeah. humorous that's going on there. But you know, people. Cl- Close, I, I think it reminds me of um, one of my favorite stories um, that I was actually talking about earlier this week um, on, on a completely side note, just doing a revision on a script um, that, that we're working on. Um, it's the story of my sister when she first came to see me in the hospital after the bus accident. Um, I am, I, I'm moving my toes, my legs. I'm, I have that ability to move. Um, but I don't really have control over my legs. So my sister comes to visit me for the first time. My mom's been with me for the past two weeks. Um, you know, it's been a roller coaster of emotions. And my mom, you know, as my sister first comes in, says, you know, with all the pride in the world that a mother has, you know, Haley, show your sister what you can do with your legs. You know, my mom's so excited I can move. And, yeah. you know, I rock my legs back and forth and they look like fish flopping out of water so if you can think of a fish you know that's out of water and they're just flopping around because of course i have no control and you know my mom's standing there so you know beaming with pride and my sister's staring at my legs with no emotion (laughs) and she looks at me and she says that's it and you know of course my mother is mortified and, and you know she tells me later that she's ready to like wallop my sister and i just look at Mary Frances, you know, she's 14 years old. And I burst out laughing because it is funny. You know, my legs looked really funny. You know, there's just these things flopping around and, and she laughed and I laughed and there was, it was exactly what we needed in the moment. And it is funny. Um, but it was, you know, still a very sad situation we were dealing with. And, uh, but so was it, it was the appropriate time and place and the appropriate person, you know, it was so authentic. It was so genuine. She was not, I, well, I can't even say she wasn't laughing at me. She actually was, she wasn't laughing at the situation. She was laughing at, you know, this sort of tangential part of the situation that was really funny. Um, and I always love that story because yes, we can find laughter in tragedy and yeah, but it has to be appropriate. It has to be genuine and it has to not be offensive. Um, you know, the other funny story that was very funny to us on the team, but I'm not sure we would want other people to laugh at it. Although it's very funny is, um, you know, two of the girls who were on the bus with us, two of my teammates were sitting in the back row right across, um, from the bathroom. And when the bus flipped the bathroom dumped on them so you can think of like you know that blue thick water that they use in the toilets and the toilet paper and everything else in there and um you know we were then in the snow for a couple of hours and then everybody had to be taken to the hospital and be checked out through there and then everyone had to go to the health center on campus and be checked out through there so it's 12 16 hours before some of my teammates you know got to take a shower and all that time they have this toilet dumpings on them and you know you know what toilet paper is like when it starts to dry it gets like a little crusty and it you know is you know that whole event was extremely tragic um but that part was really very funny, uh, especially now. We laugh about it all the time. Um, you know, just that thought of walking around with toilet water on you for 
all that time. Um, So I think there's also the perspective of time, right? Some things get funnier um, the farther away we get from. That is something we laugh about all the time now um, and some things. um, So it has to be the right time. It has to be appropriate. I think it has to be authentic. Um, But I do think we can find humor and tragedy in some. No, Haley, hearing your description of the bathroom, I think about, you know, um, there's times in my life where I still have not grown outgrown bathroom humor, right? When you're a little kid, it's funny. And just like, that is, that is such a strong image for me to free what you were talking about that I wasn't there, but you know, because of the smell or just the comfort level. And yes, we can (laughs) picture, oh, and I hope they tell that story is just part of the mess right? The mess. Um, and, um, you know, I meant to say this teaching sophomore scripture, even though I wasn't, you know, a scripture scholar, my humor a lot of times is like a sophomore. So a lot of teachers don't like teaching sophomores, but for whatever reason I did, because I found humor in very juvenile and mature <laughs> stories. And um, it's just funny what, you know, I think humor is timing. It is, um, it's delivery. It is also like, you know, time and place, like things like I know I, I love um, Key and Peel. There are these two comedians, they're biracial. They have a number of sketches. Um, you can just, anyone can go onto YouTube. They're on Comedy Central. I just think they play out, they play out truths in so many ways. And they can straddle kind of a lot of different roles because, you know, what they are biracial. So they, you know, play black humor well, but then they can just move to a number of different cultures. And one time I was so excited to share with my cousins this one video sketch that I just, I had never laughed harder than this one. And they watched it and they were just like, mm-hmm. like <laughs> they didn't laugh at all. And then it be, it's three minutes, but the three minutes felt like eternity, you know? So now it's funny to tell the story, but at the time I was so disappointed. So their humor, you know, everybody's on like a different tenor. Is that the word I'm trying to say? Kind of like what you, you know, resonates with you is funny might not you know resonate with somebody else so but you know and it's interesting because i as i'm as i'm listening to you say this there's a couple things that come to mind one um my my husband would empathize with you i think he lives in a perpetual state of showing me things that (laughs) maybe i don't find funny um but you know you say that you you know teaching sophomores and that you haven't outgrown their humor but maybe we were all innately born to laugh and find humor and we it's not that we outgrow it is that we've sort of hardened ourselves to it you know maybe you haven't maybe you are still allowing that joy to come through you and find humor in it and um you know maybe the rest of us have have kind of let that part go and i don't know if that's a good thing you know we kind of talk about sophomore humor as being immature but maybe it's um maybe that's how we maybe that is how god intended us to be is to laugh and um you know maybe that's why he gave us children and grandchildren and and students in our lives so that we can bring that joy back to us so i don't know if it's that you haven't outgrown it i think maybe the rest of us need to refine it um well i think that's a great question i i'm i'm gonna sit with that i mean as we move towards our kind of you know final piece, our um, melting pot. Um, Because one of the lines of scripture that I love is if today you hear his voice, harden not your heart. And so you kind of use like hardening our hearts or our spirits. And so, yeah, like, what would that mean to just kind of soften up and be able to kind of, is is it related, you know, like to kind of what God has given us? And um, 
yeah, I want to continue to think about that. So, um, you know, that's a great takeaway. Yeah. They even like rank types of like intellectually, I think like puns are low level humor. They say, I think like bodily humor is like the lowest level and then puns is a step above it. And then there's like, you know, degrees of humor, but I think we, we should be equal opportunity laughers here. Right. We can do that. Equal opportunity prayers, equal opportunity laughers. Yes. As long as it's the right time and appropriate or at least the right time in the right place. Right. We have all these are criteria. (laughs) So what's your takeaway for the week? So my takeaway this week is that I am going to try to laugh more. Um, You know, I mentioned my son's returning to college. Um, I'll be curious to see if this is a harder departure than the first time, you know, back in August when he left for the first time. None of us knew how long it was going to last. I think we all were, you know, hoping they'd get like a month of school in before they came home. And, you know, at any school, you know, we were all thinking they they may not make it all semester and they did. But I didn't miss him that first, you know, several weeks, couple months, because I was so afraid he might come home that I really wanted him to stay. Um, So that made it easier for him to be there. So I'll be curious to see if this departure is harder um, because he's going to be gone, you know, again for four months. So um I'm going to try to laugh and um, hopefully not make this a, a sad departure. Love it. Now, Haley, do you have any strategies for now? So How you will make yourself laugh? Yeah. Thanks to you. I am going to continue to watch uh, Ted Lasso, um, although we'll probably finish that before he leaves. But um, I'm also going to watch Key and Peele. Um, I think that sounds like something I would... Um, I would find entertaining. And if it doesn't make me laugh, I will not tell you. Um, But I I think, but I think you're funnier than others. No, no, but I, well, and you know, that's fair too. But I think it, I think it will. And if it doesn't, I think I'll spend some time figuring out why, you know, what part of me have I let Harden to not find humor. But um, anyway, I thank you for that recommendation. We'll attach a link to it or, you know, so people can, can laugh as well. But um, that's my strategy to laugh a little bit with Ted Lasso and with uh, Key and Peele. Sure. Well, I'm, I'm curious I'm, I'm, for Jamie to watch it. I want to see since he seems to have a lot of find a lot of things funny, like <laughs> what his, his take. Um, that's great. And my takeaway um, is so I've talked a little bit about the 21 for 2021. And that's um, Gretchen Rubin has says 21 minutes of sustained silent reading a day. And I always say to people, don't let perfect be the enemy of good. If you can only do it, you know, three days a week, great. If you can do it every way, like some people have this obsession, don't break the chain. Don't, don't worry about it. When, but if you can, it's great. And it's going really well. And then I thought, well, maybe I should try and do 21 for 2021, which would be 21 books, which for me would be pretty good. I, you know, like to read a lot, but I, I just, that I wouldn't describe myself as someone who's putting down two books a month. So maybe that's an appropriate goal, but um, one thing I wanted to share is I do delight in clever re- um, writing, and I want to give a shout out to Tom Coyne. He's class of 97 from Notre Dame. His book, A Course Called Ireland, it is so witty. It is so clever. Now, Tom's from Philadelphia. He's Irish American, but he walks, um, he walks the, like, all over Ireland. He carries his bag, and he plays all of these courses, and this is the book that's about it. And in this one story, it is so funny. He talks about showing up at this course and he had played really well. He was the youngest person in the group. So everyone was there to watch him and he tees it up and he totally whiffs. 
And so it's like this public shaming and any golfer knows like how embarrassing that does. And he's so funny because it goes silent and his father who's in the group says, Jesus Christ, what the hell was that? And it like broke the ice. So what does Tom do? He has to tee it up again only to hit it in the weeds. And it's just like everything he had was known for has been undone. And so it said it took, this is what he writes. It took nine holes for the blood to leave my cheeks, and I couldn't le- look at my caddy in the eye the whole round, <laughs> aware that I had made him top storyteller for at least a week. And he says, quote, I had not only shit in the golfing bed, but I had got, done so in a country that tra- traded stories the way other nations trade oil or radios <laughs> or culture dependent on the telling and retelling of one story after another. And I thought that is so true. Irish people tell such great stories. And so many of these stories are at the cost of something that we've done (laughs) in our humanity. So for Tom, it's, you know, two terrible shots in a row. But I just thought, you know, if we can pass on stories this week, stories are a great place for humor. And a lot of times when I hear a story, I don't laugh in the moment. It's not a laugh out loud experience. But there's something internally where I'm chewing on it and I find them to be really funny. So I guess I would offer our listeners, don't, if you don't put the pressure on laughing out loud, um, just like there's something to be said for delighting in clever, you know, stories or witty banter. That's all part of this family of humor. So thank you, Tom. You are unbelievably talented. I can only imagine... (laughs) I've, to not look at your caddy for the whole round is such a great description. It's <laughs> it's so funny. So, Well, that's a great recommendation. I have a, a brother who's got a birthday coming up and he loves to golf and he's played in Ireland. And um, if he's listening to this podcast, he now knows what he's getting for his birthday. <laughs> One coin. Yes, he has a series of books and I, um, all of them have that wit and humor. So... Um, yeah, yeah, that's great. Anyway. Well, I am impressed that you are keeping up with your 21 minutes a day, and I am impressed with your ambition for 21 books um, in a year. I might have done 21 last year, only because we were in quarantine, and I. Um, yeah. But I that that's a, that's a great goal for for this year as well, um, and certainly to keep on laughing. Right. Well, and I, I think you're right, Haley. If, if parents haven't already said farewell to their college age students or whatever somebody might be going through, right? It, times are still tough. It's mm-hmm. still not, we're still in this. And so for your kind of commitment to try to find something funny this week, I think is really important. And maybe we can look at scripture with those eyes of, is there anything kind of funny about this? That's a great way to kind of think about it. And um, like we said, you know, it doesn't have to be humor January. We can take it into February. For a lot of people, February is a long month too. Mm-hmm. So, um, you know, moving forward, um, I think Pierre Tehard de Chardin's quote, he says, joy is the most infallible sign of the presence of God. So however we find humor, whether it's having wine, and I hope we put in the show notes a link to that uh, clean wine because it sounds outstanding, <laughs> or, you know, an evening with friends, um, or just, you know, delighting in the humor of our spouse, um, our children. A funny TV show. Yeah. Totally. So those are all, you know, parts of gifts from God, I think. They really are. They and that he wants us to behold. 
Absolutely. The gift of laughter, the gift of joy, and, um, and the gift of perspective of being able to find the humor maybe in, in situations that don't seem so funny in the first place. So I wish you, Anne, lots of laughter this week, lots of joy um, as you continue to navigate uh, this crazy academic year. Uh, <laughs> there's still lots to talk about. Um, yeah. And thank you always for, for sharing with me your wisdom, your knowledge, and your humor. Likewise, Neely. Thank you.